0: Welcome to Newport Beach in the Rearview Mirror. I'm Bill Lobdell. I'm going to rid myself a house in the shade of the freeway. We haven't done this before, but I wanted to add a postscript to our last episode, The Coastal Freeway, a concrete monster almost unleashed on Newport. Modesty forbids me to say that was one of our better titles the podcast generated amazing comments on social media. Some were from the freeway fighters themselves. We heard from others who had their homes taken away by the state at low-ball prices to make room for the freeway. And finally, we also got comments from Newporters just expressing thanks to the freeway fighters and others for saving Newport Beach from being a city with a freeway as its centerpiece. All right. As a refresher, here's a 80-second recap of the story. In 1970, the coastal freeway, which would have run through the heart of Newport Beach, 12 lanes wide in some places, was basically a done deal. Six out of the seven Newport Beach City Council members had endorsed it. The crazy, crazy route had been finalized, and the state had the funding. Within just a few years, an estimated 187,000 vehicles were expected to pass through Newport Beach on the coastal freeway every day. To give you some sense of the freeway scale, five-level interchanges, five-level, were planned for West Coast Highway and Newport Boulevard, which would swirl around Hoke Hospital, and at East Coast Highway and MacArthur Boulevard, at the entrance to the village of Mar, L.A. freeways had nothing on this one. But thankfully for Newport, at the 11th hour, it was more like 11.59. Local activists rose up under the banner of the freeway fighters and, battling the city and the state, stopped the freeway before the bulldozers could be fired up. It was one of the biggest political upsets in Newport Beach history and certainly the city's biggest what-if moment. Okay, now for some of the responses to the story. I've slightly edited some of these for clarity. In this first batch of comments, people simply expressed appreciation that the freeway didn't get built. Rick said, We were lucky to have a lot of very solid community activists in the day. Claudia, what a disaster this would have been. Thank you to all who worked so hard to oppose this stupid plan. John, thanks to all who worked so diligently to oppose this absolutely ridiculous and unbelievably stupid proposal. It would have ruined our town. It's a good example that our public officials need to be questioned and taken to task when necessary. Kathy, it was a proposed desecration. I am so glad they didn't completely ruin Newport Beach in the name of progress. And the even more interesting comments, at least to me, are from those activists and, by proxy, their children who were on the front lines of the fight. For example, Greg, I remember my mom and dad fighting this and being very upset about the city council vote. Our home at Fifth and Heliotrope, that's in Cronomar, would have been an off-ramp. Bob, My parents fought this tooth and nail. They knew what would happen. John, my parents were among those fighters. Rick, my house was in the path of the freeway. Chester, this one's crazy. My house on Iris Avenue was taken by the state for this ridiculous freeway idea. When the project was canceled, they refused to give it back. Instead, they auctioned it off for a huge profit. How crooked was that? Kathy, my home was on Homewood Drive, just above the arches, and I think my parents were strong-armed into selling their home, my home, to the state for what I recall was a relatively paltry amount of money. When the freeway didn't go through, I thought my parents should have sued to buy it back. And here's someone from the other side of that equation, Ernie. I was the high bidder for one home on Kings Road. Caltrans paid $55,000 for it, and I got it in a sealed bid for $80,000. Now, this is my comment. It's probably not surprising, but it was only a matter of a year or two between the state paying fifty-five dollars for the property and then selling it for $80,000. They only made a 45% profit. Great work by the state. Now, back to the comments on social media. Sherry, my senior project at Newport Harbor High School was putting up posters in store windows against the freeway. Greg, thanks to my parents for voting no on this fiasco. Carolyn, I remember fighting like mad. Thank goodness we won. Rick, I know my parents were up in arms about it. We would have had a freeway on our front lawn. Scott, my mother fought hard to stop it. Debbie, thank you, Mom and Dad. Last two are from the freeway fighters themselves. Richard, we called ourselves the freeway fighters. Wrote letters, held meetings, went to all the homeowners community meetings to make presentations. It worked. And finally, from Tony, my dad was one of the leaders of the freeway fighters. They were successful in ending the state's march of madness on our beloved Newport Beach. They were also able to get some of the homes back to their rightful owners. Such great comments, right? As I first read through them, I felt oddly moved. What was that about? I I didn't know. But thinking it over, I came to the conclusion that these proud responses reflected an all-too-rare time In Newport Beach history, where the town came together, united for a common purpose. I mean, you can actually measure it. When the freeway plan landed on the ballot as a citizen generated initiative, 85% of Newporters voted to stop the freeway. And at the time, it was the biggest voter turnout in city history. And the question I'm sure is on your mind what were the other 15% thinking? I have no idea. Maybe they had a thing for concrete. If so, they were living in the wrong city. The whole freeway fight was, without a doubt, one of the city's shining moments. And more than a half century later, the gratitude for what the community did to stop the freeway still runs deep, as it should. We'll see you next time.